1: Welcome to the 41st episode of Kiwi and the Bird Book Nerds in Session.
0: I'm Taylor. I'm Kami. And in this episode, we're going to go into an in-depth discussion about the clever and defiant The Kiss of Deception by Mary E. Pearson.
1: If this is your first time listening, welcome. Here's how our book discussions work. We're going to try to fit in all of our thoughts and feelings for The Kiss of Deception in just one hour.
0: If you like this episode and if you want to support our podcast, just click on the link in the episode description.
1: Now, as we discuss everything about The Kiss of Deception, and I mean everything, here's your one and only... Spoiler alert. alert.
0: Kami, would you like to give us a spoiler alert sound effect? Z- Did you do because z- you're tired? Yes. <laughs> and now, on to the show. We got to start off with the love triangle. That's the only way to start this episode, I think. But can we call it a love triangle? We can call it a love triangle for for the intent,
1: but it it's was like, pretty
0: clearly Leah and Raf from the start.
1: It's like a love line with like a little separate line at the end,
0: like a tangent. Yeah, yeah, and that tangent is Caden. Yes, aka no screen time. He's no screen time. Yeah, so
1: like from the from the what from the very beginning, um, Raf is like very very heavily favored. Yes. Like, even in the, the descriptions, the way Leah, like, interacts with him and everything, do I kind of get it? Yes. Why? His name is Raph and the other one's name is Caden. You're basing it off of names <laughs> lot. <alone>. Caden <laughs> is such a generic name. Okay, that's not what I want to see in my fantasy world. I don't want to see Paul. I don't want to see George. I don't want to see Caden. No. But then you hear something like Raph, you think, oh, exotic, attractive. Yes.
0: So names are important. Names are important, especially in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Raph is very much a mysterious name, and Raph himself is a mysterious character. Because you meet him, he has this dark hair, he has these blue eyes, and he's actually pretty standoffish. He's kind of like, don't talk to me, but maybe do, because while you have feelings for me, I have feelings for you. Yeah. Dr. Sears. <laughs> <laughs> And I didn't mind that Leah favored Raph more. I, I didn't. didn't mind that she kind of, you did yeah. <laughs> I didn't mind that she kind of had that instant connection with him. Cause I think sometimes we do just have that with people. And I liked that even though Pauline and everyone, everyone's like, Ooh, Caden. She's like, no,
1: Raph. Well, she doesn't say that like outright. No,
0: but like her thoughts are basically in going into that direction.
1: Yeah. And with, with, Hayden, though, I do wish that he was just a little bit more in it. You know, like this whole thing is that, you know, she's a runaway princess. She ran away from an arranged marriage and she's going to this little seaside village and like two people follow her. One is the prince. One is an assassin. Do we know which one's which? To be announced. I
0: thought I did.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and so with that kind of setting, like, I just expected the prince and the assassin to get in each other's way a lot more. Mm. Like, I really wanted, like, one to spend a lot of time with her. Like, one of them's trying to convince her to get out, you know, for their own agendas, you know, to, to follow them, just to, like, for them to be alone. And I want the other one to come in and, like, intervene, you know? I mm. wanted a lot more of, like, intermingling and intervening and, like, stuff happening. Yeah. Yeah. And there wasn't a ton of that. Um, I get why I just supposed to do a little, like a little bit more. Plus I, he just wasn't in it. And I was just like, why is Caden even here?
0: <laughs> I think with Caden, I do think Caden could have been a little bit more in it. Like you said, I do think there could have been a little bit more competition feeling wise for Leah to determine, Hey, which guy do I like more? Do I like Caden? or I like Raph more? Because it is pretty much wrath throughout the book. Now that doesn't mean she doesn't have moments with Caden, but the moments don't really seem to matter when her heart is fully with Wrath. Wrath, sorry.
1: Yeah, when she's with Caden at the end like in the second half of the book, I was like, Are these moments though?
0: <laughs> Are you just kidnapped? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Stop comes and jump.
0: But I also one of the things I did love about the triangle the love line in Tangent <laughs> is kind of the rivalry between Caden and Raph. You know, how they're at that that festival toward... Actually, there's probably in the middle of the book, maybe two-thirds in, where they both challenge each other, each other to a fight and they're on this log and there's like a mud pit below them and they're both trying to beat each other. I like the sense that they're trying to undermine each other and that they're both realizing that the other person is lying in some way. That they're more than what they seem. Because I feel like that really amplified the tension and the mystery and also the romance because there is kind of like that medieval sense of oh conquest and like proving your hand to the lady and like she has to favor you you know that kind of sensation and feeling
1: I didn't get that from that scene oh I wanted that from that scene but I do see what you mean like I kind of wanted to see like some romance moments (laughs) but also like some rivalry like hey you might be chill but I also don't like you yeah (laughs) yeah Might I be Team Raf slash Caden? Maybe. <laughs>
0: Raiden? Or calf? Tash. <laughs> well, even just because I know you you weren't a, a big fan of, you know, perhaps the dialogue or the banter. Like you thought there could have been more, I'm assuming, between Leah and Raf and Leah and Caden and such.
1: They all fell very quickly.
0: They did fall quickly. But also, this is olden times. There's not a lot of options out there. You see a runaway princess who is defiant and strong and rebellious and who knows who she is. I'd be attracted to that. Do you you have to kill her? Maybe.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just don't get that. It might be because I have issues trusting people. But, like, I just can't imagine seeing someone being like, yeah, (laughs) them.
0: I don't I, I think I get it I think I, I mean I think I'm a secret romantic who's not proud to say it even though I just did say it
1: yeah you know what's funny I think I'm technically more romantic than you and That's yet true. in this case I'm way more cynical
0: I don't know there's just something about the romance in this book where I really did love it I felt like it was all about what was kind of unsaid and I liked the tension of having all of these secrets and like the push and pull of, oh, I can't really tell you my identity, and even though I shouldn't, I'm falling for you, and there, there's duty and there's these conditions against me. I feel like it perfectly harnessed all of the royal tropes, you know, the runaway heir, the forbidden romance, the love triangle, the, you know, all these factors that made it really enjoyable to read, at least for me, because I know that our opinions are a little bit different.
1: They are a little bit different. I did not get that from the book. I felt like in the beginning there was too much... Mundane activity happening that I wasn't quite getting into the book, slash my whole thing with world building, which I'll get to. But I do think it has potential. I really do. Um, with the romance, I'm the type of person that likes to see the slow build. Mm. And so I don't like that they fell quickly. Mm. Like, I want to see the steps up to the falling in love. Mm-hmm. But that's just like a personal preference of mine.
0: Now, what did you think about the festival scene where? Uh, Caden's dancing with Leah, then Raph steals Leah away during the dance, and then ultimately Leah and Raph rendezvous later in a secret location, and they have a little moment.
1: I felt like it was too quick. Oh. Again. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Honestly, it's written well to the point where I was like, what? Secret rendezvous? (laughs) But... And I also like the whole trope of oh I'm dancing with one guy but the other one cuts in. Yeah. There's something about that. I think I got it from The Tiger's Curse series. <laughs> it's the drama of it. It's just the drama. Um but I also felt really bad for Kaden cuz I was like she's like secret rendezvous with
0: him. But then also Kaden's planning to kill her. So
1: <laughs> I mean that's fair but we don't know that yet. <laughs> true, true. But <laughs> I, I don't know. Like that there was that scene where I was like but again this is too quick like build up to it get the tension i want to see the eyes beforehand you know i get that when they look at each other before the
0: kiss yeah (laughs) (laughs) i loved that scene because i don't know it just felt like the accumulation of of everything building up it was like the perfect happy moment before everything gets ruined
1: but it's Mm -hmm. that
0: moment that's just purely theirs even if it doesn't last long
1: and it really was the moment. And then everything was like,
0: what? <laughs> yeah, after that, I was like, Brr, you know, you get kidnapped, another country. Uh, Prince. Assassin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, honestly, so first half, I wasn't, like, super into it. But second half, I'm a little more convinced. Because of the plot twist? Because of the plot twist, but also the scene at the bridge with Raff and Leah at the end of the book
0: oh yeah in that
1: moment i was like okay i might see
0: it i i I can see it oh my gosh i loved that scene (laughs) so much (laughs) it's actually embarrassing how much i love that scene because he was traveling so far why to find her to search for her to get to her and then she's being taken to this other country and then he gets kidnapped and he's still pretending to be someone else but then she realizes he's the prince and then so she's like wait he's the prince And then, and then Raph pulls out the note that she sent him and then Caden's about to read it, but she's like, no, 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 I have to read it. And then as she's reading it, she looks at Raph because she realizes for the first time that he's the prince and that she can actually inspect him like she wanted to do in the letter. And like the timing of it all (laughs) and the way that he like suddenly nods to know that, to let her know that he knows that she knows. It was really good. (laughs) (laughs) I love how passionate you are about it. But honestly,
1: like the subtle communication was everything. It was it was really hot. Like just like the like the like the subtle nods, like the phrases that can be used like in every day but like is like specified towards one person. Yes. It was good. I'm not gonna lie, it was good. And the fact that he came in with like a is like just just himself and like a barrage
0: of soldiers, I was like,
1: Okay. I see it now.
0: And I love the too how Raph was like yeah, I'm not just a farmhand, you stupid sod. <laughs> like He gets so mad at Caden. <laughs> but like
1: with that's it's like, it's hard to see Caden as a rival love interest. Because mm. still like throughout the book, I was just like, Caden's just not it. Like this is not a love triangle. <laughs> like in the love triangle, I want to be conflicted between the two. Mm. Right. I want to be like, oh, he's really attracted me, does this. But the other one, oh, he's so sweet. And oh, let this happen, right? A little bit, a little bit, kind of like an Only a Monster. I was a little bit torn. Yeah. Even yeah. though Nick is really hot. Nick was hot. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't torn. but mm. I, And I wanted to be.
0: I didn't mind, because I usually do like being torn, even though it hurts me. Mm-hmm. But in this book, I felt like we are supposed to get the sense that Kaden loves Leah a lot more than she does him. Because Caden has lacked that love his entire life. Because I think there's a scene, if I can, if I remember correctly, where Leah thinks like, "Oh, this is the first time that Caden is is experiencing a love like this."
1: How does she know that?
0: Because I think of, I oh gosh, am I saying the sequel? I don't think I am.
1: Have you read it? I
0: have. Oh, because I think they were talking about something about is they were talking, and she got the sense that he's never really felt a love like this before or anything like it before. I don't remember that scene, but you're probably right. I could be wrong though. Maybe I'm, if, if that's in the sequel, I'm sorry. I don't think it is. I think she does get that sense in this book. And so I didn't mind that her pick in this book at least is more obviously Raph. because again, I think it's more so that Kanan hasn't felt this love before. So I think we're kind of supposed to feel more bad for, kaden not in a bad way but Hmm. to be more sympathetic to him because he himself has never experienced anything like this while she's been very fortunate to have had important connections in his in her life that he hasn't
1: i wished a little bit more with kaden when he kidnapped her that he did more nice things secretly
0: I wanted him to be a little bit more of a baddie when he kidnapped her.
1: A little bit, yeah.
0: Like, I wanted her, so I wanted him to be more rude to her, which, that sounds terrible, but, you know, (laughs) (laughs) if you're, you get it. I wanted him to be rude to her, but then I did want him to do, like, the secret night scenes, which he does because he gets her the, um, what's it called? It's that wagon. Caravan? Yeah. He got her the caravan, and, like, he did certain little things for her, but I wanted more of, like, the mean of the assassin Mm. I'm sent here to kill you you're my enemy but then for her to be like well then why haven't you killed me why am I here which I know there is in the book but I think if that could have been maybe enriched a little bit more
1: yeah I wanted him to
0: put up the pretense of like Mm. yes
1: I'm here to kill her and I wanted him to do it in front of his friends but then with her be like soft and like I don't actually want to kill you like this is all for show yeah but like having like the contrast between him being like this killer assassin versus being sweet with her. Like, yeah, I do wish there was a little bit more of that. And I think that probably would have helped in making him like an actual triangle
0: instead of just a tangent, mm. <laughs> an upgrade from the tangent to the triangle. Yeah. But let me tell you when Leah asked Caden, Hey, when did you decide not to kill me? You know, like, wasn't when I helped you with your, with your shoulder. Was it when we dance, whatever. And he's like, I decided not to kill you when i was standing over your bed with a knife <laughs> i was like
1: oh uh, he has the most awkward moments too and i'm
0: like kaden why he's just super honest he's like, very honest he's not even though he's a, an assassin he's not very secret that's actually kind of more rafts territory he keeps things. he's a little bit more of the deceiver in yeah. my mind hence the kiss of deception even though I know we're over time, what did you think about the kiss that Leah and Kanan shared when she was kidnapped?
1: I freaking hated it.
0: <laughs> and they're in the vagabond camp.
1: Yeah, I hated it. <laughs> I was like, Leah, <laughs> you say that you love this man, you know, after knowing him for like three. Oh, you know what? She knew him for three months, which wasn't bad. Uh, she knew uh, both of yeah. them for three months. But I was like, you know, know this man, you're going to run away with him and everything, and then you get kidnapped. And then you're, for, like, months, for a while, actually. Yeah, she was kidnapped you know. for a bit. Yeah. While they were traveling, you were with the other guy that, like, kind of had an interest in you, and now you're kind of, like, forgetting about the other one, even though he's coming. She doesn't know that he's coming to rescue her. But even though he's coming to rescue you. <laughs> and then you, well, doesn't Kaden kiss her first?
0: What? I'm I'm worried about blurring the sequels in so <laughs>
1: Well I don't know who initiated it. I don't quite remember. But I remember that like she didn't quite pull away and like she had her thoughts like, oh I kinda don't want to and I was like, So you favored Raph this entire time, but in this one moment you're like, Okay, maybe
0: <laughs> what I think if there was if there was one thing that I wish was different. I wish that Leah didn't tell Raf she loved him. So that there would be more of an opportunity for this kiss to be not as questionable Mm. because I feel like when you say, I love you, you're committing to that person, which I like, I feel like that's a normal assumption. And so for her to kiss Caden after she kind of committed to Raph by saying, I love you. I did think that was a little hard because then I'm like, okay, what affections do I doubt? Do I doubt that she loves Raph or do I doubt this kiss with Caden where i I think in my heart, I'd much rather have her not say I love you to Raph, maybe have this kiss with Caden, but then come to the end and realize that she's love, Raph, all along.
1: Mm, Yeah. With Caden, since he is the second love interest, I wish that they hadn't kissed in the first one. Ooh, I see that. I wish they'd have just, like, more moments of, like, understanding with each other, because that's what the second love interest is for. Like... If you fall hard, if the protagonist falls hard and fast for the first one, then the second one kind of has to have more of a buildup just so there's, like, a difference. Yes. Right. And then we get to see, like, his side and the vulnerability and it makes us feel more for the second lead. Right. And so I wish there was more of that. Mm. And then maybe in the sequel it'd be like, oh, this is all built up with him. And then a kissing happens. And then it's like, with the buildup, it's a lot more sweet, Mm. you know? Yeah. And more satisfying to read. Yeah. And Ooh, a lot I more scandalous.
0: Oh, scandalous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have loved if maybe, like, they almost kissed in this book, but then he's like, no, and he pulls back, and he's the one to do it.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah that and then that
0: creates, it. like, that little tension and that little angst of, like, he's pulling away from me? This boy? This killer? And then she could have been like, but why... Why am I disappointed that he pulled away? Yeah, Yeah, that would have
1: been good. Oh, dang. That would have been good. We kind of went into it a little bit with the romance, but there was a very big plot twist. There was? What?
0: <laughs> Where? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Mary e. Pearson was very clever in the way she did this because the story is told in three perspectives, in Caden, Raffs and Leah's. So Leia's is pretty consistent. She's like, she's most of the perspective for like half the book. Um, and then it switches the perspectives, like the way they're named is switched from Prince, assassin, Caden and wrath. Yes. And so you're meant to see like, it. at the beginning. I was literally like, why is she doing this? Like, isn't it obvious? Like he's the assassin, he's the prince. Like, why don't you just say their name? Yeah. Yeah. Except for it's, because in it, when I was reading it, I thought Caden was the prince and Raph was the assassin. Just yeah. because of the way Mary Pearson kind of wrote the characters.
0: Even almost kind of like the stereotype. Mm-hmm. You know, the assassin would be the quieter one, mm-hmm. would be the more lethal looking one, would be uh, not the, would have more of like the deception going on. Mm-hmm. And the prince would be the charming one, the golden boy, the outgoing one. You know, like these assumptions that we've made as readers over the years.
1: Yeah, and she... Totally takes advantage of that, and so throughout half the book, you think you, you think that like oh, Raf's the assassin, Caden's the prince, and everything, and then you know in the moments when the assassin has to kill Leah, you know it's like the due date has finally come. We're like, oh my gosh, what is Raf What's Raf gonna do? And then it's Caden who's taking her away.
0: Yeah, and you're like,
1: wait, what? I literally was
0: reading and I was like,
1: why is the prince working with the assassin? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Your mind won't even admit that, like, something's wrong. Like, maybe the assumption wasn't right. You're like, wait, the prince is doing this now?
1: I was literally like, what? And I literally, so, like, I, I read through the, the fin- I finished the chapter, and then I was like, I went back and to see, like, if I was wrong. Like, I was like, nah, there's no way Kate the prince. And then I read through, and I was like, oh, my gosh, she totally could have been. And that was what was really great about the plot twist. I mean, it completely jerked me out of the story for a second. I'm not going to lie. like. I literally had to stop
0: and be like, what? (laughs) The funniest part with the plot twist is that when I saw that the chapter names would switch between prince and assassin, I was like, oh, the author's going to try to trick me and try to like make it seem like I'm going to have to guess who's the prince and who's the assassin. Like as soon as I saw those chapter headings, I kind of knew that was going to be a factor in the book. Let me tell you, I got so involved in the story that I forgot that for one. And then two, I was like, "Oh my gosh, she can't trick me! I clearly know <laughs> that Caden's the prince and that Raph's the assassin. Like it's so obvious." I got I got humbled real quick.
1: <laughs> and it was just it was very cleverly done. Yeah, you know she she went very b- vague in her descriptions. Yes, and so it
0: really could have been either or. And she described each character, Raph and Kaden, as what they are not. You know, Raf is I think he was described as like um the prince was like the lion, the predator waiting to attack, you know, kind of like that more primal dangerous person. When actuality, which that description makes you think he's the assassin, but in actuality he's the prince. Mm-hmm. I mean, his, the the Dalbreck symbol I think is even the lion. Yeah. And yet we were tricked. We were fooled and we were even told the symbol
1: we were. I did not pay attention to that
0: because <laughs> I think it was uh tattooed on her back for the wedding.
1: Oh yeah yeah, yeah 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 yeah.
0: Yeah. And then what the the what the princess description should have been, you know, like the very open, the brown eyes, the gentle, how you can always see the emotions in them. Oh, that can't be the assassin. Boom. I. Oh my gosh, I felt like such a fool. <laughs> it was like two a.m. I was like, wow, I really played myself. I made conclusions that the author wanted me to make. I am predictable. (laughs) No, I was literally like,
1: you know, where is she going to go with this if Raph is the assassin? Like, he's going to have to kill her. Like, why is she, like, putting so much drive into, like, favoring him in, like, the romantic interest? And then I figured out who's the prince, and I was like, uh, that makes so much more sense.
0: Because I was wondering that, too, because I was like, usually in a royal book, the princess has to end up with the prince because it just makes more sense with their role like a princess can't really go off with an assassin so i was like so how is this gonna work like is, is she gonna switch to being with kaden because he's the prince somehow and i was so confused <laughs> and then i was like oh ralph was the prince all along dang <laughs> i really
1: also just like the trope of oh we're supposed to be married like we're in an arranged marriage but i don't want to marry you because i don't know you Right? And they never meet. Yes. And then they meet, like, coincidentally, and then they
0: fall in love, and then they're like, oh, wait, we're the prince and the princess. I was supposed to marry you. And the princess is like, oh, my goodness, the prince is so spoiled and terrible. And then the prince is like, oh, the princess is just so entitled and, like, having that, and they don't know. Oh, it's good stuff. It was good. No, I was like,
1: yeah, okay, I see this now. And I was like, oh, that's why Caden wasn't in it as much. Yeah. You know, he was keeping, you know, he, he, like, he's the assassin, you yes. know? Yes.
0: Oh, it was good. He kind of had to be more on the outskirts to keep the surprise.
1: Except for when he was above,
0: he was hovering over her bed with a knife. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and only then decided not to kill her. I was like, dude, talk about procrastination. <laughs> You're literally waiting till the final moment to be like, no, I'm not going to slit your throat. You know?
1: And just, it was. I mean, even with the scene with the mud wrestling log thing. You know, you expected like, oh, yeah, Caden's not taking off his shirt because he's the prince. Like, he's not going to get his...
0: Like, that's so undignified. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then you discover, oh, no, it's because he has a million scars and we immediately would have found out that he's the assassin. Yeah.
0: Or then when Caden's noting that Raph is actually a really good fighter and good at combat, you think, oh, it's because Raph is the assassin, of course. No.
1: And when Caden knew, like, the prayers of the the religion and Raph didn't, you think, oh, Caden's a prince; he would have had that education. Raph is from um, Veranda, which is this other country that doesn't know like the customs. Of Mm -hmm. course, he wouldn't know the prayers. But he's but Raff is the prince of a different country. Of course, he wouldn't know the prayers of that country.
0: It was literally so. It was so good. It literally it took me so so much by surprise. Yeah, I felt like an idiot, but in the best of ways. (laughs) Which I don't think I never thought that could happen.
1: And I also just think the plateaus worked really well um, for Leah and her character development. Because let me tell you, I did not like Leah in the beginning of the book.
0: Because she kept asking who's there in the forest. Oh my gosh. <laughs> if you're running away
1: and you're a princess <laughs> you're not. and you hear rustling, you're not going to go, who's there? Number one way to get killed.
0: I'm just going to start r- swimming down the river. I'm not going to wait around to see who's there. No, and she did that like four times. I was like, you have no survival instincts. <laughs> well, it's weird because she, she had like the knowledge her brothers gave her. She knew how to track, how to hide her tracks. She knew how to lay a trail to okay deflect.
1: But she doesn't know <laughs> not to talk to random
0: people in the forest? Come on. <laughs> You're like, consistency.
1: Okay, and so I didn't like her at the beginning of the book. Um, I, because I also thought that they, you know, all the love interest, all like the main characters fell for each other way too quickly. You know, I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> and like I said, there's just so much mundane activity that was happening that I wasn't like quite getting, what well, was, I wasn't really getting into the story. And then the plot twist happened. And I was like, ooh, like. How is this gonna work because through I, even though I thought it was a little bit mundane what was happening in the first half of the book, I could also see Leah's character you know she's not some spoiled princess you know she is defiant um, but she's willing to work hard and she is ambitious and she just wants to live her life while also having the qualities of a princess like a, of like a royal born person yes um, And then after the kidnapping you kind of see more of her character development because like she's put in situations she's never been in before. You know, and I love seeing her in these situations. Like, this princess who's, like, known privilege her entire life be put into different situations where she has to toughen up or basically die. Yeah. And so kind of, like, seeing, like, her in, like, the little village and having to work for herself, like, seeing her being kidnapped, all of that, and then seeing her at the end and, like, seeing her character development through all of that, I loved the way that she developed because she goes from being naive to, like, kind of being hardened by the world. Yes. But also like keeping to herself.
0: Yeah. She doesn't lose herself, but she realizes I can't be the girl who just wanted to run away from a marriage anymore.
1: And I loved it. I loved how it progressed throughout the book,
0: which is why Leah is my favorite character. I didn't mind the more mundane activities in the beginning of the book because I believe that's what gave the juxtaposition for the end of the book. The fact that Leah thought that she could be that she could be free, that she could live an ordinary life, but then she faces the consequence of running away by being kidnapped and by being hardened, by being placed in a situation completely opposite of what she wanted. You get to see her when she's free. You get to see her when she's happy, and so then I felt like that empowered the second half of the book where she basically lost everything she wanted and was had to readjust to her new reality, which is I am a royal, whether or not I want to be, and I am now in a completely different situation where I have to deal with the consequences of my own actions. Because if she had stayed, if she had married Rath, she wouldn't be in this place. But it was her want for freedom that ended up imprisoning her in the end. Damn. Which, sorry. <laughs> Now, let's chat about the side characters. We have Pauline, Gwyneth, Bertie, Walther, and, of course, the King and Queen themselves. What did you think about these people? Um, Pauline was okay. Pauline mm-hmm. is pr- pregnant.
1: Okay. Honestly, I was a little... I'm very cynical. Keep this in mind. You may judge me, and I accept it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I thrive on it. <laughs>
1: But Pauline getting pregnant, I was like, girl, he's obviously an asshole. (laughs) Like, why are you even hoping? (laughs) Literally, because she was like talking about like her love and everything. And from like the get go, I was like, he's going to be a jerk. He's going to be. I already know it. He's going (laughs) to be a jerk. Because Pauline has to be open for the other love interest when it doesn't work out because of the love triangle. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, okay, Pauline, you're pregnant, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Not the smartest decision.
0: For me with Pauline, I actually thought that there would be a moment where Leah and Pauline would have to confront that. Leah lied about Pauline's um, love interest not being dead. I actually thought that would happen in this book. So I was kind of bracing for it because I was kind of waiting for that to be like, The breaking moment, maybe right before Leah gets kidnapped, she and Pauline get in a fight and it's like their friendship's over almost, not quite yet, but almost. But that actually, I was surprised it didn't happen.
1: I am surprised it didn't happen. Maybe that's why I didn't like Pauline because I thought that she was just like there. She wasn't enough in it? Yeah. Mm. Like, I liked the fact that like she lied to her and then she was, I was like, ooh, it's gonna come. (laughs) The drama. The confrontation. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it didn't come. And so I was like. I thought there was going to be more with it, especially since, like, oh, she's pregnant. You know, like, that's kind of a big thing for a girl. Kind of. Kind (laughs) of. And, like, she thinks that her, like, loved one is dead and everything. And then, like, once, I mean, I kind of understand this because, you know, Leah gets kidnapped.
0: You know, that's uh, distracting. So, I don't,
1: so we don't really see Pauline. Mm. (laughs) So, like, I get that. (laughs) But it was also, like, we just, we're kind of, like, left off. Yeah, it's kind of open-ended. Very open-ended, but not in like, a, oh, I kind of want to find out what happens way.
0: For me, I was just more so like, okay, I'm like, what's she going to do now? It wasn't mm-hmm. like a direct curiosity, but more so like that's kind of the only, what's her next action? Mm. But I liked how Gwyneth was kind of like the super perceptive, super observ- observant barmaid who kind of could swindle everyone who got good coin for it and that she had a really good predicting sense of what people did. I
1: liked Gwyneth. I was like, ooh, was she a spy? Yeah.
0: Question mark?
1: Like, is this why she's so good at perceiving people? Like, is she working for another kingdom? Like she had a lot of intrigue behind her. Yes. And I really wanted to see where that went.
0: Because even from the get go, I feel like you even though she's presented as just this barmaid you do get the sense that oh there's a little something more to this girl here and I also liked how because she's trained herself to try to predict what people are when they come into the bar that that kind of rubs off on Leah so that really plays into when the prince and the assassin come into the bar and she's kind of trying to analyze and think of what they do for jobs because that kind of added to like oh is he a farmhand because his hands are rough Or is he a fisherman because he looks windblown by the sea? Those aren't the direct uh, (laughs) quotes, but you know what I mean.
1: (laughs) For me, I was also, this was just me. Again, I was really cynical when I I read this book. But when Leah, you know, Gwyneth was kind of trying to tell Leah, like kind of like warning her of things, and Leah just kind of brushed her off. And I was like, I'm sorry. You're literally a runaway heir, princess royalty. (laughs) And someone's warning you against something, and you're not going to listen? <laughs> I'm sorry. If I was on the run, I'd be paranoid about everything. If some, if the one person voiced my doubts, I would go into hyper mode. I'd just leave. I'd be like, okay, bye.
0: Okay, bye. I'm just going to leave, except where they could find me because they could track me. I would just float so I don't leave behind footprints.
1: But you could leave behind traces of your ripped clothes on a branch.
0: I'd just be naked. <laughs> then you can get cold and die. <laughs> I can withstand hypothermia.
1: <laughs> but with one of the side characters, one of her, Leah's oldest brother, Walter. know, he's the only one of her brothers that we're introduced to. And literally from the get-go, I was like, he's introduced because something bad's going to happen to him.
0: Because <laughs> he's kind of like her only link she has to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. So he can kind of tell her the state of things, which also means that he can kind of be a point of devastation in the story. Which he was.
1: He was. It was it was sad in the end. Well, first off, I mean, his pregnant wife gets murdered. Terrible. And so, like, he kind of goes crazy and, like, tries to, like, get his battalion to go fight an army, essentially. Yeah, Which is a suicide mission, a little bit. I get it, though.
0: I'd just wave the white flag. I'd be like, I'm out. Tea time. <laughs> tea. Tea.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, so they basically, you know, oh,
0: wait, that's the ending.
1: We'll get to it. But basically, he dies in kind of a bad way. You know, she's one of... Throughout the whole story, Leah's always like, I love my brothers. Like, I don't like being a princess, but I've always loved my brothers. And she mentions them all the time. And Walther's the only one we're introduced to. So then we're like,
0: oh, okay. Sad. Sad. I think that Walther was a really good personification of the consequences of Leah's decisions. She thought she could run away, and she did for a while. But the consequences ultimately caught up and because of her decision, it led to her older brother's death, which we'll get into because that's kind of more toward the ending. Mm-hmm. But I think his death also too did really well to contradict like the happiness and the lightheartedness in the beginning of the story. It kind of was that fall where you get brought back to reality in one instance. And it's really sad.
1: Honestly, I was questioning why he was introduced in the first place, because in my head I was like, Lee is a runaway princess, like For the readers, it'd be better if she was just, like, completely cut off from her old life, because that's the way that we know, like, oh, she's a runner, she's making her new life. And so when Walther was brought in, I was like, well, then she's technically not completely cut off because she's still in contact with her brother. So, like, what's kind of, like, the point of it? But then, like, the ending came in, and I was like, oh, damn. Sadness is the point. That's the (laughs) point. (laughs) (laughs) So, honestly, for character development-wise, like... It wasn't bad. Like, I liked the way Walther was used, even if I didn't understand it in the beginning.
0: I think in the beginning, for me, I more so just reasoned it as, even though she wants to run away from everything, this person must mean a lot to her for her to hold on to. Mm. So that's kind of how, to me, like, him still being in her life was more so just a telltale sign of his importance to her, which enhanced the ending to me, in my eyes, at least.
1: Hmm. I did not see it that way. Oh. That's just me.
0: But let's chat a little bit, because I know we probably only have a few minutes left. Um, But let's chat a little bit about Leah's mom.
1: We we don't really get to see her.
0: We don't get to see her a lot. But at the end of the book, Leah kind of comes to realize that her mom's been smothering her power.
1: But maybe for a reason.
0: Maybe for a reason.
1: Because, like, her own mother is a first daughter. I still don't quite know what that entails,
0: and I'm still a little bit bugged (laughs) by that. (laughs) I think, though, it's supposed to be... More open-ended in this book and kind of supposed to be more deeply developed in the next books.
1: I still wanted a little bit more. <laughs> um, but her her mother, she does have intrigue behind her as well, which I did like. Because in the beginning, we kind of see her and Leah's relationship and how it's kind of tensed. Because her mother has these expectations for her and Leah doesn't want to live up to those because they're not what she wants. And so we kind of... we. We figure out that Leah's mother was a first daughter, but that she lost her power. We don't know what her power was. We just know that she kind of lost it along the way. And so at the end, when, like, Leah's kind of discovering her power, she's like, oh, my gosh, my mom was probably doing this because of all the things that she, like, told me and taught me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, but her mother must have had a reason for doing that.
0: Yeah. Why would her mom want to just kind of snuff her power?
1: Especially when she, like, comes from a different kingdom. I thought, like, the different kingdom and her aunts would come into play, too. And I was like, okay, I kind of want to see this.
0: Yeah, because what was the mother's relationship with the father, too? Like, did Mm -hmm. she kind of hide her power because of him and the need for power in the kingdom? You know, why would she smother her own child's potential, too? Because there would have to be a pretty substantial reason to do that. And I do think we get a little taste through, like, the little excerpts from, like, religious books throughout the first book that it's kind of destined or prophesied that um, Leah's kind of, like, this great, important person. Like, kind of, like, the key to a certain future. And so I wonder if the mom kind of smothered her abilities because of that.
1: Well, maybe. I mean, she, her mother's the one that gave her the name Giselia, which is where her name Leah comes from. And, like, her father was the one that opposed to that because it's not, like, a traditional name. But her mother was, like, insistent upon it. And the prophecy literally names like a girl Giselia yeah and so like and then it's like oh did her mom know about the prophecy how did she know like has she been planning this the whole time like her mother has a lot of intrigue behind her and it's the whole like mother-daughter attention relationship that kind of like really brings that forward yeah so I was like I am I'm I'm, I'm intrigued I mean I'm interested in what the mother's intentions are
0: Also, if I saw my name in a prophecy, I'd be like, whoa, that's not me. (laughs) (laughs) You're thinking about a different person here. That person is not here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you could say, like, oh, that's a different person. Like, a lot of people are named Taylor. Yeah,
0: like, uh, I know a Taylor S and a Taylor J. Go knock on their doors.
1: Now, Taylor, what did you think about
0: the world building in this book? So... The thing for me is that I do appreciate world world building, but world building isn't the most important aspect to me in a book. And so I don't necessarily mind if a book doesn't deeply explore like a certain land or like certain themes or things like that, if it's not directly relevant to the plot. And so in this book, I didn't necessarily mind that we're kind of more placed in Terevan and getting to know that small town more so than the outside world. And I feel like even though we didn't get to know a lot about the outside world, that I could still name the countries. You know, you have Dalbrick and you have Morgan and you have Venda. And so I kind of know what's out there. but I don't know the specifics, but I didn't mind that I didn't know the specifics. But with that being said, I did agree with what you said in the recommendation about how you wish there was more physical distinctions to each place. Now, the only kingdom we see in the book is Morgan but I feel like there wasn't quite like a landmark or like a building or certain aspect that was super memorable about Morgan. So like super to set it apart as this fantasy world, this fantasy kingdom, I felt like I knew little about it. Like I know the flags are red and I know that I think the castles are like more cobblestone-y, but I wish there was just like one feature that could really separate like, oh, this is Morgan. And maybe they're known for it or something that can just maybe specify it a little bit more.
1: That's honestly the thing for me, world building, world building is a big thing for me Mm. because I want to be able to imagine the world that I'm in. And I mean, setting can kind of partly do that. But like with world building, it's like the whole, like the description of the kingdom, like their politics versus this one and the mythology behind it and all that, that can really like make me fully immersed in a book. And that, that didn't quite happen in this book Mm. because it's like what I said in the recommendation, like I couldn't distinguish between the three kingdoms like I could distinguish them by name but I couldn't distinguish them by like anything else Mm. and so it was a little bit confusing in the beginning when you're first being introduced to all of them so for me it was just I wanted more distinction between the three of them especially since this is definitely a story with political intrigue and it's building up to be a story with political intrigue and so you really need to be able to distinguish between the kingdoms or else it's going to be hard to keep track of things. True. Um, another thing for me was the mythology. I still don't know what things are. Mm. And it's, it's like what you said. It's like it's kind of building up to it and we're going to find out more about it in the sequel. Because the protagonist herself doesn't know. Right? But for me that can only go so far. True. Because it's mentioned. There are terms in this book that's mentioned a lot. Like First Daughter and Remnant. And it's mentioned a lot in the story. And since it was mentioned so much, I was hoping to find out more about it because I was reading so much about it, but then I didn't actually know what it was. And so I was very confused as to what it was. So I, it was just kind of like I skipped over it, kind of hoping for an explanation. Yeah. And so, like, I have a base idea, but it, it wasn't enough for me to be like, oh, yeah, this is like something where she's going to find her magical powers. You know, I, it, it felt very, it didn't feel very fantasy-esque in terms of magical abilities.
0: I do wish there was more magic infused. I don't mind that Leo doesn't know exactly what her power is, but I would like to know who else besides first daughters can have magic. Do the other kingdoms have magic and people who have magical abilities or are the first daughters so coveted because they're the only people who have magic? I wish there was kind of more distinctions like that where it doesn't have to necessarily explain Leo's powers. Cause I do like that. They're kind of a mystery for the sequels, but that could explain more in the moment. Like, why her having powers is so special or is so important enough that you would want to arrange an alliance between kingdoms for it. Um, And I think I I agree with the mythology. I think the mythology could have been more integrated into the daily lives. Now I know Pauline is kind of like our main connection to how, to the worship Mm -hmm. of the mythology. Like Pauline would pray to the gods and she'd say certain things and she'd practice certain rituals But I think even if we could just have like Leah commenting on what, and I know she does in her thoughts a little bit, but a little bit more about worship or, you know, even the prince and assassin, like how do they worship? What's the difference between kingdoms worshiping or little stuff like that, that I think could just be those little details that could kind of enrich, but it's not that I think they're like immediately necessary, but I do think that they can just, they have the purpose of enhancing.
1: I wish that in the first half of the book, before Leah gets kidnapped, when she's just in Terevan, we saw more of the history of Morgan. Mm. You know, I want her, like, I wanted her to kind of, like, think about the things that are happening, maybe to her when she's, like, discovering, oh, like, something feels off. Right? And I wanted her to kind of, like, think about, like, oh, this is Morgan's history, and they worship, but Dalbrick doesn't, and that's the difference between the two kingdoms, Right. Something like that, that just kind of like distinguishes that. So I have more history of the mythology. But we also see the distinctions between the kingdoms, you know, and since not a ton was happening with Leah in the first half. And like, I mean, there are some things like can like someone tried to come kill her and like maybe she could like think back on it. Because in the first half, that's really where you should be getting like a lot of your exposition. I mean, not too much, because then you're just going to bore your your Readers. reader yeah. if you don't have any plot so i just kind of wished that we saw just a little bit more history so we see there's a much so there's more of a foundation for the mythology mm-hmm. than there was
0: because leo too she has a great narrative standpoint where she has grown up as a pinterest uh, as a pinterest <laughs> <laughs> sorry as a princess so she would have a lot of knowledge through her education mm-hmm. about these things she would so maybe to have her more in her mind kind of explain to us as the readers a little bit more of these differences i think the differences are super important because you can establish it's killing two birds with one stone by saying oh dalbrick doesn't worship it shows that it kind of implies your kingdom does and so like having those little differences could kind of bring to light more of of what you felt was missing
1: yeah and it doesn't have to be something super big it can just be like oh but dalbrick doesn't believe in worship And I see why the author didn't say that specifically, because then we would have known who was the prince and who was the assassin. Yeah, But just more things like that, because the mythology felt very much, it just had the
0: words, it didn't have any definition. Kind of like the grounding of like, oh, I can feel that this mythology is deeply rooted in, in this world. Now let's talk about the ending Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Leah has to accept that she's a princess. I mean, she's been kidnapped. So she kind of has to come to reality real fast. Her brother's dead. Raph is actually coming after her, but she doesn't know that. She's alone with Caden, believing that she's going to be delivered to this land that is likely going to kill her.
1: Honestly, I really liked the ending. Oh, it was so good. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I mean, romance-wise, yes. And we'll get to... Honestly, we're going to go over time. I can already feel it. Yeah. (laughs) but. For me, again, I I cannot stress this enough. I probably already have, but Leah's character development,
0: it was so good.
1: It was good because in the beginning, you know, she's a princess who just wants to run away and we kind of get the feeling that she hasn't actually experienced anything like super traumatic. You know, she's kind of lived a very privileged life. She's a princess. Yeah. You know, we kind of see her from there, and then, she you know, she's working and everything, but she still kind of, like, brushes things off. She's like, no, I'm fine. She does a whole, like, who's there in the forest thing that's really stupid. <laughs> like, she's she's a little bit naive. I mean, she's a hard worker, and she's fierce, and she does have, like, the, the air of a princess, but she's still very much all of those things, right? But then she gets kidnapped, right? And things, she ha- she's forced to change. You know, she's a lot more paranoid. She doesn't ask who's there anymore. You know, she kind of just sits there and listens. But, like, when she was with the caravan, you know, like, she, like, I could, you could feel, like, a slight change in her, like, as time passed by. Because a lot of time does pass by in the story, which I also appreciated a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that was a world-building thing that I completely <laughs> forgot. Um, but by the end, you know, she has this, she literally watches her brother die in a very kind of bloody manner, right? She she notices, like, her brother's flags, and she sees the army, and she wants to go down and help him, obviously, because she loves her brother, and then Caden has to hold her back. Yeah. Which I also didn't love for Caden. I was like, dude. Her
0: brother's (laughs) dying in front of her? You're just going to, like, at least cover her eyes. (laughs) Yeah. Or turn her away, man. (laughs) Even, like, if he knocked her out, I'd be like, okay.
1: Even if he just, like, yeah, just, like, turned her away she was, and he's, like, just don't look. Like, there's nothing you can do. But he just kind of, like, held her there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, dude, help her out, okay? <laughs> but she watches her brother die. And, like, in the aftermath, she's, like, I have to go bury him. She's, like, I don't care that you kidnap me. I have to go bury my brother. And, you know, she has, like, this, like, this force of authority. And, like, even to, like, to the army, you know, as they as they go down and, like, kind of confront them, she's, like, I'm going to go bury my brother and she starts digging grace for her brother for all the other soldiers for hours yep and i'm like t- like you can feel the changes in her because after that she's much more stoic and then she finally she, she like i mean throughout her kidnapping she's like oh i need to change like i need like i am a princess and i have duties to my kingdom yeah but this is like when it like solidifies yeah it sets in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, she needs to be a princess because or else things like this are gonna happen You know, she needs that alliance and like she's kind of like the linchpin for it. Yeah. And so after her brother's death, you can see her becoming
0: more stoic and much more in herself. And I love seeing that. Yeah. Because it is such a transition because in the beginning, like you said, she does have these traits where she's passionate, she's defiant, and she's, you know, fierce. But you can feel those traits start to harden Mm -hmm. at the end where her fierceness It's no longer just about being defiant and, you know, like doing the perfect roasts and like kind of, it's more about like fighting fiercely, you know, kind of taking these qualities and more so giving a reality to them where it's not just your princess on the run who gets to talk back to a soldier in the bar. You're literally now having to fight for your life and having to fight to honor your brother's life. And you're like, you kind of made this happen, which she thinks like I was the cause of this. And so kind of realizing the gravity of what the role of a princess really is.
1: Like, she realizes she has to change. Yeah. And I, oh, oh, the character development.
0: And even, I think, if I remember correctly, Caden even looks at her and he's kind of like, I'm doing this to her now. You know, like, I'm the one making her see these things. I'm the one turning her harder. I'm the one putting her in this position where she does have to change. And so there's kind of that hurt and that pain of he loves this girl, but he's also destroying this girl too.
1: But what I also loved about the ending is that at the bridge, you know, we've already talked about the scene with Raph and Leah.
0: I may have gone a little (laughs) overboard. but uh.
1: (laughs) What I loved is that we see her harden throughout, like we said. But with Raph, you see her opening up ever so slightly. Because obviously he's he's the prince and I'm seeing that he is the prince. Like I'm realizing this in this moment, but I can't let them know. But I also love him, and I want him to know. But she also kind of hugs him, which I was like, "Mm, don't let them know about that, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) But there was that thing, just like the unspoken communication. You can see, like, a little bit of her coming back. Just, like, a little bit. You know, she's still hardened. She still has to change it. She knows that about herself. But that hope that she had beforehand when she was just a runaway princess is still there, which I thought was a really good thing
0: to add. Yeah. It's like she's changed, but... That one part of her will always stay the same. And also, I loved that she was like, I'm obviously so happy to have him here, but I also have never wanted him to be farther away than now. But also the fact that he's like, I'm going to get us out of this. I was like, the devotion, (laughs) the love, the romance. He's going to get you guys out of this. It's going to be okay. And then it ends on that note of uncertainty in a new land. It does. Intense. Honestly,
1: I was a little, I was interested in the sequel. Mm-hmm. because of the ending and I was like well what's going to happen in the sequel because you know we have the whole thing with Leah's mother you know like what role does she have in this she came from a different kingdom she is a first daughter but also her sister might have had powers so like what's the difference there yes right we have Caden you know is an assassin but he loves her but he's destroying her but they're also going to his kingdom Yes. where
0: he has rank and and he's kind of the only one who can really actually protect her here
1: but also, we have Raf coming in
0: yeah. at the end, you know, saying that
1: he has to talk to the leader, whose name I forget—the Kazimar
0: something. I probably mispronounced it. <laughs> sorry.
1: <laughs> and you know, Leah, who's essentially the hostage. Well, who is the hostage? <laughs> right. And so you have this like interesting dynamic happening. You have this, these political things that are coming to pass. You have Leah, who's who's changing, yes, and realizing her duties. And you see like Raph going like, well, I mean, he was kind of a simp from the beginning, to be honest with you. (laughs) But it's like you can feel the love a little bit more. Yes. And so you have all these things coming into the sequel. So I'm like, okay, well, Leah's probably going to do more with her magic because she's like kind of starting to feel that. Yeah. Right. Caden's probably going to have more of a presence in the sequel, I think. Yeah. Just because Raph had a lot in this one, you know, you kind of have to balance it out. It,
0: that's like typically the pattern. That's the pattern with love yeah. triangles. Like I mean, the first love interest is like, yeah. But you've read the sequel. I have read the sequel. I've read the sequel and um, half of the third and final book. Ooh. Yes. So oh, I'm so like, you, you know. So I'm like, how do I, how do I predict what I know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll more so try to relay like what I thought at the beginning, of, mm-hmm. uh, at the end of this book. Where, like you said, I did think that Kaden would get more screen time. Because it makes sense, that like kind of the pattern. This is his land. This is his country. He's kind of got the power here. And what I was really excited to read about was the 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 power plays here. Because right now, Leah is at the bottom. She's the most powerless. And, I'm, and I was curious about how, because Raph was so convinced, like, I'm going to get us out of this. So how is he going to do that? And then Kaden kind of has... Like you said, the rank over them all. So how is this like? I felt like there was going to be a lot of that scandalous scheming, that would really, really intensify the plot. Wait, so like you felt like there was going to be, but there wasn't? Um, I'll just say like that's what I expected. Not mm-hmm. to say that that did or did not come to pass.
1: I mean, I'm, I think you. I've already had
0: a spoiler. <laughs> From, like... From me. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm sorry. What? No, no. But it was before you read the sequel. It was oh.
1: when you accidentally read a spoiler about the
0: sequel. Oh, yeah. And then I told you. Yeah. <laughs> Are you ready for the scary sound? <laughs> no.
1: Why do we do the scary sound? Why don't we do another sound?
0: <laughs> Does it scare you too much? No. Oh. <laughs> We are now going to be playing How Would You Survive? We have four minutes to pose four questions, a.k.a. survival scenarios, that pertain to the kiss of deception. Question number one, if you were a prince or a princess wanting to run away from home, how would you go about it so you don't get caught?
1: I would disguise myself as a servant and have one of the servants disguise as me and have them on a horse running away in public so they go chase her. And then I would go and leave.
0: What I would do is that I would just stay in the kingdom for a little bit. Because everyone expects when you run away that you're gonna run away far. So they send all the men out into the countryside. But I'd stay in the marketplace right beside the kingdom. I'd get some bread. I'd get some grapes. <laughs> then when I'm all ready to go, maybe I barter for a horse. And then I take off and I go to a different country across the sea. Oh dang. So I got myself set up with food, a horse companion, and And a great cruise. (laughs) You know what? That is one thing. Runaway princes and princesses don't go far enough.
1: Yeah. I'm like, you got to commit. Like, you got to just go 800,000 miles away. Yeah, you do. Because then if they find you, they also have to bring you back, which is a really long journey. So you have more time to escape.
0: And also, it's like conflicting foreign relations because then they're on a different turf where they don't have as much jurisdiction. I messed it up. Jurisdiction. Yeah. Yeah. That word.
1: Now, if you found out that the two boys you were crushing on were a prince and an assassin, how would you react?
0: I'd be like, first off, how dare you? (laughs) I know you can't help it, given that these are the positions that you have come into, but how dare you? You could have told me two weeks ago, hey, I'm here to kill you. A heads up would have been nice. (laughs) And then um, I would run away, and I'd never talk to either of them again.
1: Oh, my gosh. That's so similar to me. Oh, really? Yeah, here's the thing, okay? I'm not attracted to princes, because while they do have power and money, they also have a heck of a ton of responsibility that I'm just not here for. Gross. Assassins have, like, they have to work a lot. And okay. they have
0: blood on their hands.
1: That, too. I also- like how,
0: how their work <laughs> schedule is, like, the first naked. If their work schedule and then they kill people.
1: <laughs> Plus, I mean, in a, like, they were sent to kill me. Okay. It's personal. It's a personal, like, I don't care if you fell in love with me. How do I know you're not going to finish the job? You could put love second.
0: (laughs) What if I annoy you one day and you're like, you know what? I want to finish my duty now. (laughs) Like, how do you not?
1: Yeah. You also don't have money or power. So,
0: Oh, you're just an errand boy. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Roast them. That's how I do it. I'd roast the heck out of them. And then I'd go. Question number three, if you were kidnapped by an assassin, how would you try to escape?
1: Leah wasn't nearly as violent as she could have been. <laughs> okay, I this might be a little violent for me, but one thing, Caden's in love with her, so if the assassin was in love with me, he probably wouldn't tie me up. Or True. if he did, it'd be really loose. I mean, I think she was tied up, but you can also kind of move, so yeah. like, no excuses.
0: <laughs> Don't be sorry, be better.
1: I would grab whatever I could. And just beat them while they were asleep. Yeah, like, that's effective. It's effective. Get your
0: point across. It's assertive.
1: Yeah, I mean, Kaden kind of did wake up, so he was a light sleeper. But, I mean, he has to fall asleep at some point.
0: True. True. And then you
1: get away because they can't chase after you because they'd either be badly injured or dead.
0: (laughs) (laughs) For me, I would, you know, pretend to be, like, defiant first. Like, you can't do this. And then he'd be like, you know, shut up, sit down. And I would. And I would do that for a little bit. I'd make them think, like, I was super complacent. Maybe I'd be like, I miss my home. <laughs> and then when they were least suspecting, I'd get a cannon and I'd just light that thing up and, and blow them away. Grenade. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's the way to do it. If it she works, it works. She wasn't nearly violent enough. Yeah. But to be fair, she also didn't want to kill people, which I guess is fair. Like,
0: morals, okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, if you were taken to a different country and imprisoned, what would be your
0: strategy to stay alive? I would play the game of politics. I'd be like, hey, you know, I'm worth like 20 moose at least. Okay? This is a one-time offer. My (laughs) moose. They're valuable. (laughs) Trade me back to my kingdom. Hold me ransom, in fact. Hold me ransom, and they will pay you, and you will get status and honor. Don't marry me, because that's gross. Just, I, like, let's just have it be business and not personal. Just ship me back to where I belong. I will cause the business, the bi- uh, biggest stink if you don't release me. I will scream for 89 hours straight.
1: You know, I would do what you would do if you were kidnapped by an assassin. I'd become mm. complacent. I'd be like, yes, I'm going to do whatever it is that you want, but then, but then, but then I just stay all the time in my room. All the <laughs> time. Okay? And so they think, oh, she's just probably in her room. Yeah. And so I build a false sense of security. And so then one night they're just going to think I'm in my room because I'm always in
0: there. But then I'll escape through the window. Oh, my goodness. You build up the sense of trust and predictability. And then one day you steal a pan And you just whack someone and you go. The thing is, you can't trust anyone. You can't trust the servants. No. You can't trust, you literally can only trust yourself. So you just do whatever
1: you can to not get caught.
0: I'd even spread certain rumors like, oh, I have asthma. Oh, my leg is super weak on my right side. Oh, I can't see out of my left eye. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, they're going to be like, whoa, you can see? (laughs) And I'd be like, surprise, boom. And I just hit them. Thank you all so much for joining us in today's in-depth discussion about The Kiss of Deception by Mary E. Pearson. We hope that you will join us in our upcoming episodes. If you enjoyed our content,
1: don't be afraid to subscribe to the series and follow us on social media. On both Twitter and Instagram, we go by the handle at Kiwi And And remember, like a library, at Bird, shh happens.